This audio is brought to you by MuslimCentral.com. One of the things that's so beautiful about Ibrahim Aislam's du'as here, if you notice, is that he always starts with himself, even when he's praying for his children. He doesn't feel safe from idol worship, even though he has a lifetime of fighting against idol worship and being persecuted because of that. And he also, as he is establishing the prayer for his children and emphasizing that he wants generations that will establish the salah, establish the prayer, he starts off with himself. Rabbi Jaldi Muqim as Salah. Oh Allah, let me be amongst those that establish the prayer. Women Dhuriyati and from my offspring. And this is something constant throughout the Qur'an. رَبَّنَا لِيُقِيمُ الصَّلَاةِ I did all of this, O Allah, so that my children can establish the prayer. I want them to establish the prayer. That is something that Ibrahim looks for. And it's not just establish the prayer in a physical sense, but to really establish the salah in the way that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has gifted it to us. Now, you see with Ibrahim that he's doing this with Ismail right? And I want you to think about, especially those parents who try to get their children to pray, and you start off and, you know, when, when they're young and their prayers are just, you know, pretty symbolic. It's just that they come and they pray, uh, you know, they're, they're doing all sorts of stuff while they're praying. But hey, at least five times a day, you know, your seven-year-old, your eight-year-old, your nine-year-old, your 10-year-old, they're starting to stand next to you and starting to do something that resembles Salah, right? And you're trying to teach them the meanings of Salah. Now, your biggest worry, obviously, is that what happens when you can't see them anymore? What happens when you're not there to uh, call them to the prayer? What happens when they get old enough to where they can say that we prayed and they can really just be sitting in their room and they can deceive you? What happens when they're no longer even under your roof? And that's something that a lot of parents are pained by is that, you know, I wonder if my kids even pray anymore. And you'll see sometimes when you go to a masjid and it's something that we have to change, that you'll see the elders who you know, ha- have come back to prayer or prayer was a part of their lives. And then you might see really young children, but there's a missing demographic, right? Where people have to learn the value of prayer themselves. Now, most of the Quran moves on to the stories of the offspring of Ishaq, of Isaac, right? Ishaq to Ya'qub, to the children of Ya'qub, Yusuf alayhi salam, and so on and so forth. Not much is said about Ismail alayhi salam. And we know that Ismail alayhi salam, if you're looking at a chart of the prophets, you see the line of Isaac and you see all of these prophets and nations. Ismail, you see this line that goes all the way down and then it's Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, right? And that is greater than any chain that could be attributed to a prophet, right? That's his sanad. Ismail all the way down to Muhammad But what is described of Ismail and what he did as he was in that barren desert in Mecca? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala praises Ismail by saying, He was establishing the prayer with his children. How sweet is that, right? That that is the description that Sadiq al-Wa'id, he was truthful to the promise that he made when he said to his father that you will find me amongst the patient. I will not refuse the command of God. And here you have that he is also maintaining the promise of salah. He used to enjoin the prayer amongst his family. Ismail did not have a huge family. He didn't have huge nations around him the way that Ishaq did. But those that were around him, كَانَ يَأْمُرُ أَهْلَهُ بِالصَّلَاةِ 
He commanded them with prayer. And one of the beautiful things about Ibrahim and his children is you see the emphasis in life and in death. Are you going to stay upon this covenant with God? Right? So Ibrahim as he's dying and he's speaking to his son Ishaq and his grandson Ya'qub and he's affirming once again, are you going to worship that one God and stay upon the worship of that one God? And them affirming to Ibrahim that they will. And then Ya'qub Jacob, when he's dying and him, he's saying to his children, Ma ta'buduna min ba'di, what are you going to worship after me? And they say, Na'budu ilahaka wa ilaha abaika Ibrahim. We worship your Lord and the Lord of Ibrahim, the Lord of Ismail, the Lord of Ishaq. And it's like, I'm comforted. I'm comforted that, you know, my children are upon that Tawheed. They're upon that oneness of God. That's the most important thing to me is that they're worshiping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And there's something here about when you ask Allah to let your spouses and your children be qurratu aynin lak, right? That, oh Allah, make them qurrata a'yun. Let them be the coolness of our eyes. And what is the coolness of your eyes? The coolness of your eyes, how beautiful your children are, is the coolness of your eyes. I mean, that's part of it, certainly. It's good to have beautiful children. It's, and, your, and your children are all beautiful, by the way. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless all of you and your children. It's good to have beautiful children. It's good to have sweet children, that they have a rahmah and a mercy towards their parents that we see with the prophets and their children that Allah describes. All of that is beautiful. Their accomplishments are beautiful. You love to walk your child uh, across uh, the stage, maybe not so much down the aisle uh, for their wedding, but those are all beautiful worldly accomplishments and they're things to indeed find joy in. But what's the greatest qurrata a'yun? What's the greatest coolness of your eyes? It should be when you see your children worshiping Allah, when you see them as righteous, when you see them as uh, embracing the faith, maybe even greater than you did, sincerely. When you see them f- read Qur'an for the first time or say they want to go to the masjid, and it's not just because you forced them to go to the masjid, right? Or you told them, hey, let's go to Salah, but they wanted to go to Salah. They wanted to be a part of something that was faith-oriented. That's where you really find Qurrata a'yun, like it's the coolness of your eyes. You see them in righteousness. And subhanAllah, I think about the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu And, you know, he said about us, that that I am to you like a father and that I teach you, right? So the Prophet is to us like a father figure and that he teaches us. And you look at the Prophet and when the ummah was his qurrata'in, when it was the coolness of his eyes, right? And it's that last moment, those last moments of his life where he draws the curtain from his room and he's too sick to even get up at that point. But he looks out at his ummah praying salah. And the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi he smiles and he laughs and his face was like the page of a mushaf, so bright, so happy, so pleased. Why? Because he saw his children in salah, in prayer, and he knew that this message would last beyond him and would continue beyond him Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And so when we pray, we are maintaining the prayer of the Prophet ﷺ, who was an answer to the prayer of Ibrahim ﷺ, and we send our prayers upon them both. Allahumma salli ala Muhammadin wa ala ali Muhammad, kama sallayta ala Ibrahim wa ala ali Ibrahim.